Hi there, welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi there and welcome back. This is episode number 24 of the Jewelry Navigator podcast. Like I said in the introduction, my name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist and I obsess about jewelry and gems, of course. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to make smart choices for jewelry that lasts. When I started coming up with this idea, I've been thinking about it and it's something really important that you need to know about. There are particular details and features that you should be aware of when you're designing or selecting a piece of jewelry. And what I'm mostly going to be talking about today are rings, the items of jewelry that get the most abuse and the most contact with um, you know, everyday wear, uh, rings and bracelets, necklaces and earrings, not so much. So you can be a little bit more lenient with what you choose to set in those items of jewelry. And it's funny when I was coming up with the idea for this, I was thinking about Aretha Franklin's song, Think. Think about what you're trying to do to me. (laughs) Think about your jewelry. Think about uh, the kind of abuse that it gets, especially with rings. So like I said, when you're choosing jewelry that you're going to wear on a regular basis, like an engagement ring or a special gift of significance that is a ring or a bracelet, there are certain things that you can you can do to safeguard the stones and the jewelry, the item of jewelry. The main considerations are the stones and their hardness, which relates to the durability of of the stone in the ring, the settings, how they're set, metal choices, what you do for a living, uh, and what you do on a day-to-day basis and the clothes you wear. I know you probably wouldn't think that any of this has much to do with jewelry, but it really does. And I'll explain as we go along. I felt like this was a really timely subject too, because some of you might be starting to add to your wish lists for jewelry that you want for holiday gifts, things that you're shopping for other people on your list. So I hope you take away some really good tips that will help you make smart choices when selecting jewelry. I think rings are one of the most personal 
jewelry item gifts that you can give somebody because they can see it all the time. It's something that they can wear and enjoy and, you know, see themselves without having to look in a mirror. (laughs) And that means that rings being on your hands, they get a lot of daily wear. They're susceptible and exposed to knocks and bumps and things that we're, we kind of become unaware of as our day starts. The most obvious part of the ring that's going to get the most abuse, if it is going to get um, hit or smacked, is the stone. So what I want to talk to you about is making a smart choice when it comes to deciding on a stone that you're going to wear or give to somebody who you think is going to wear on a regular basis or a daily basis, like an engagement ring or something as a replacement to a class ring. And that was actually the topic of episode number 22, no ring left behind alternatives to class rings. If you want to hear some really great alternatives for a class ring, go back and listen to episode number 22. I talk about a lot of jewelry made by the designers that I follow that are really good alternatives to a class ring. But today we're going to be focusing on rings that aren't necessarily for, you know, a class ring idea could be something that's worn on a very regular basis or even an engagement ring. For a mineral crystal to be qualified as a gem to be worn in jewelry, it needs to have a specific hardness threshold. And if you're familiar with how hardness is measured in gemstones, there's a scale called the Mohs Hardness Scale, and that was established back when geology was in its very infancy stages when the scientists were trying to understand how to differentiate different minerals. So they would scratch one upon the other and whichever one would scratch the other, they knew that that one was harder. So that's how that scale started. And it's not, it's not a, um, it's one through 10, but it's not like each one is just a step above. It's kind of exponential. For instance, Corundum, which is the mineral for ruby and sapphire, that has a hardness of nine, and diamond has a hardness of 10. Well, diamond is significantly harder than corundum. I'll have to look at my notes. I'm sorry, I don't have that prepared right now, but it's significantly harder than corundum, and that's why it does make such an excellent choice for engagement ring stones. But for our purposes today, we're talking about other colored gemstones. And in general, any gemstone under the hardness of seven, you really need to take extra care in wearing, meaning you really shouldn't wear it on a daily basis. And an example of gemstones that have a hardness of seven or higher are amethyst and any of the quartz family Uh, gemstones like onyx or chrysoprase, jasper, and sardonyx, those are all in the quartz family, and they have a hardness of seven. Uh, Tourmaline has a hardness of seven and a half. Topaz is eight. Spinel is eight and a half. And corundum, which is ruby or sapphire, is a nine. Some other gemstones that can withstand 
fairly good daily wear or frequent wear is the Beryl family, B-E-R-Y-L, and those are stones like Morganite, Emerald, Heliodore, which is a yellow beryl, and aquamarine. Those are all in the beryl family, and they have a hardness of seven and a half, which is a decent hardness to wear for a ring that has, um, you know, a stone in it that you're going to wear on a regular or daily basis. Some other stones that you need to really take care of are tanzanite, which has a hardness of six and a half. Some garnets are as, are as low as six and a half. They go up to seven and a half, but um, peridot is a six and a half and sunstone is a six. So those kind of gemstones you really need to be careful of. And if you're not sure, ask, find out, because if it's something you're hoping that you're purchasing for someone else that they're going to wear a lot or you hope that they will make sure that you find that out and let them know or if you're purchasing for yourself there again just do your homework make sure you're getting something that's going to stand up to wear and you're going to be able to wear it a lot if you want to if if it's something that is a softer gemstone just be aware of it don't don't wear it when you're you know, working around the house or you know you're going to be doing some moving around furniture and things like that just takes extra care and actually you should probably take your jewelry off when you're getting ready to do those kind of things anyway it's not to say that those softer gemstones can't be used in jewelry they can and and they are i know you see them all over the place some softer gemstones that come to my mind are appetite which is A-P-A-T-I-T-E, has a really pretty range of colors, but the one that is a really popular kind of right now is that real pretty teal blue color. It has a hardness of five, which isn't great for wearing in a ring, but perfect for wearing in a necklace or a pendant or earrings. I have seen rings set with appetite, but you there again, you just have to be really careful and wear it when you know you're not going to be really doing a lot of moving around, say to a special event or a show or something like that. Other stones that are popular but have a lower hardness that you really need to be aware of, especially if you're going to wear them in rings, are opal chrome diopside which is a really pretty dark green gemstone has a hardness um, about five as well as pearl just take extra care when you're wearing rings set with those gemstones the consequences of not paying attention to the durability of a gemstone show up in the gemstone being chipped or scratched and a lot of times they're not visible to the naked eye but over time it really starts to build up and it shows up a lot at the facet junctions and what that means is where the facets come together to those really crisp sharp edges that's where the scratches and the chips happen the most because that's the highest point and that's where the the wear and tear is going to take its um, the biggest brunt on the stone. So stones with a hardness less than seven, you can expect to see some of that kind of wear and tear. 
just saying you want to be prepared for that and be educated. And that's one of the reasons that I started Jewelry Navigator was to be able to prepare you to go shopping for jewelry and know what you're purchasing and know ahead what you want. As I was brushing up on my research on this podcast, I was reminded that dust particles are a lot of times made up of little silica or quartz crystals, broken up quartz, which is a predominant mineral in our earth's crust and, you know, soil and things like that. So quartz will scratch anything softer than itself, being a seven, a hardness of seven. And anything softer than a seven is going to be scratched by dust particles that may have parts of quartz crystals or sand actually that have been ground up and now are pieces of dust. So that's one way that gemstones get scratched is by dust that actually happen to be little pieces of sand or quartz. Now that you know that there are some stones that aren't great for setting in rings that you wear on a daily basis, there are some other things to consider when selecting jewelry that's going to be worn on a regular basis. The type of ring setting goes hand in hand, no pun intended, with what you do on a daily basis. So it's not enough to consider what gemstones are set in your rings, but also the type of metal that they're set in and also your activity level or what you do on a daily basis for a living. For instance, I know firsthand that flight attendants are always pushing and pulling, getting ready for services or opening and closing doors and overhead bins. So their lifestyle is very active and what they wear on their hands is going to be subjected to a lot of wear and tear. And those kind of jobs where you're going to be moving around, uh, daycare providers where they're lifting children and changing clothes and the prongs are might be getting caught with fabric and cloth and things like that. Moms, you're always moving around the house, cleaning and things like that. So anytime you know someone is going to have high activity levels, having a ring that's set with a gemstone in a certain way or gemstones that aren't going to hold up to daily wear is something you need to be considering. Oh, the other vocation that you really need to be aware of, and they're always active with their hands and wearing gloves, is anybody in the medical field. They're constantly putting gloves on and taking them off. So anything with a ring set with prongs is going to be constantly be getting caught on those gloves. Um, also, they wash their hands a lot and drying them, things like that. That's also going to be something you have to think about that is going to be constantly you know, rubbing up against a gemstone or in contact with the prongs and a possibility of pulling one back. So if that's the case, which you might want to consider is a full or partial bezel set stone, especially for center stone. And a bezel is 
basically a ring of metal that goes all the way around the edge of the stone and that's how it's set. It's a really safe way to set a stone so that it doesn't, it's not set up in prongs and you can do it one of two ways. The bezel can go all the way around or partially, which means on either side. And I will find some pictures to show you on the blog post so you can take a look for yourself and see what those look like. But it's a really good way alternative for a, a ring to have its stone set so that it's not constantly getting caught on things. And it's also great for um, setting a gemstone in a low profile too. So if you're going to set something in prongs, make sure that you have an option to set it as low as you can. That way the prongs aren't going to get caught as easily. And if your ring is already prong set, don't panic. It's okay. Just make sure you're taking care when you're moving around. You're going to be doing a lot of work, moving heavy things, just like we were talking about earlier. But, um, you know, just be aware of it. It's something you need to be aware of. And we would not be making jewelry with what we're making it with if we knew it didn't stand up to daily wear. So your heads, which are the parts that hold the gemstone in the prongs, those are usually made of white gold, which is there. It's very durable and will hold up really well. And as you can see, it does. Other factors that can endanger your stones or your ring settings are what you wear. You might not think about that, but so many times I have talked to people who have lost their center diamond when they knew that they were putting their hands in and out of jean pockets. Those are particularly um, dangerous culprits a lot of times with people pulling prongs back or losing stones because that pocket is so tight and you're pulling it in and out and the prongs get caught and pulled back, it's easy to lose a stone or break a prong off. Uh, gloves in the wintertime, another really good thing to make sure you're taking care of your jewelry and making sure the prongs are okay is when you're wearing winter gloves and coats and jackets. Anytime you have to slide your hands through those arms, you're coming in contact with fabric and there again there's risk of pulling a prong back. Also be aware of how many prongs your head has. Once again the head is the part of the setting that holds the center stone in place and they will either have four or six prongs. I've seen some that have eight but that's really reserved for larger stones that need that many prongs and sometimes it's just an aesthetic that they choose to use but most rings are set with four prong heads especially round stones. And um, like I said, that's just personal, personal preference. But my personal opinion is gemstones that are smaller than three quarters of a carat or especially a half a carat. If you put six prongs on it, the prongs tend to dominate it, over dominate it and look too much like a claw. So there again, it's just your preference. Some people like to have the extra security of more prongs, but um, that's your choice. Either way, just be aware when you're pulling your hands in and out of pockets that should one of your prongs be already compromised as a four prong head, if one other pulls back, you're really at risk of losing your center stone. So just make sure that you're checking your prongs, take them into your jeweler. If you don't have a jeweler, I always, always recommend using an independent jeweler. 
jewelers outside of the chain stores, and that's for a couple of different reasons, but mostly because independent jewelers will be more likely to have their repair shops on site, and a lot of times they're family-owned, so they've been in business for a long time. Just make sure if you don't have a jeweler that you already work with and you're comfortable with, check their reviews, call around, ask friends, even call local businesses who they go to. Um, It's such a treasure to have a jeweler who has your back and who has your best interests in mind. If you happen just to go into a jeweler to have your ring checked and they recommend a lot of work and you're not so sure, it, it could be that your ring hasn't been checked in a long time and there is a lot of wear on the prongs and the ring. Just take it to another jeweler for a second opinion. But I highly, highly recommend using independent jewelers for your repair work and your custom work. The last thing to consider when choosing jewelry that will last is the metal type. The most common metals used in making jewelry are gold, which includes the alloy combinations that make white yellow, rose, and green gold, platinum, palladium, and sterling silver. After the mix of precious metals, there are also the options of plated metals like rhodium plating and gold plating over sterling silver, which is actually called vermeil. Gold plating will wear off, but gold-filled and gold vermeil choices will last longer. Just know that these plated choices won't last as long as a solid gold choice or a solid gold, you know, alloy choice starting at 10 carat and up. White gold is actually a combination of yellow gold and white metal alloys like it's mixed with palladium, nickel, zinc, and copper. And nowadays it's finished with a rhodium plating to give it that really shiny silvery look. But because it's not a pure white metal like platinum or palladium, the shiny white, that really high polished silver will wear down to a kind of a, um, a soft yellowish white finish. Don't panic. Your, your ring isn't fading or anything. That's just what happens because white gold is once again, a combination of yellow gold and white alloys. The yellow starts to show through and this is easily remedied by having the ring rhodium plated and your jeweler can do that. It's usually no more than say $30 or it shouldn't be. Platinum, palladium, and sterling silver are the pure white metals, which most people refer to as silver color, but the jewelry trade calls white. All of the precious metal alloys are durable enough for jewelry, but there are some characteristics you need to keep in mind. White and yellow gold and palladium are all fairly similar in how they wear as far as maintaining their shape and um, their hardnesses and their polish, but platinum scratches and bends easier than gold. It's malleable, which means it it moves really easily. And when it bends, it won't break because it is malleable. But this characteristic needs to be kept in mind for a couple of reasons. When a platinum prong is pulled away from its stone, it will bend, but most likely won't break. Where with a white gold prong, it's more likely to break or shear off. 
It just depends on, you know, how hard you pull it or what you catch it on, that kind of thing. Gold, when it's scratched or rubbed, is actually removed. It's, it's, you know, it's rubbed off. It will never come back. Whereas platinum, the metal is only displaced like Play-Doh. You know, when you smush Play-Doh or scratch it, it can be pushed back in place. So that's a really cool thing about platinum is that it never wears off, but it is more malleable and softer. So you do have to be really careful about that. And because of that, it gets kind of a brushed finish or a patina as we call in the trade. It's actually a result of very minute scratches that give it that real soft finish. Some people like that, but if you want a high polished shiny silver metal for rings that you wear a lot, platinum may not be the right choice. And that could be the reason why so many of the rings in platinum are filigree and engraved. One thing, it's easier to engrave and um, do that real pretty pierce work that you see in the filigree rings. But it's also a benefit because it doesn't show the scratches. It doesn't show that, uh, that patina as well. As far as all the other jewelry items like bracelets that endure a lot of wear, you need to be most aware of is that the metal is solid and not hollow. If it is hollow, like a bangle bracelet or even a hollow link or hollow rope, just be you know, extra careful. It's going to dent if you wear it a lot or if you're wearing it and you're moving around a lot and accidentally hit it. Watch when you put cuff bracelets. Cuff bracelets are the ones that um, go most of the way around then maybe with like an inch or so open on the back side. Watch when you put those on that you put it over the skinny part of your wrist from the profile. And once you get onto your wrist and flip it over, um, that you, you do it like that rather than opening the cuff every time and closing it, you know, tightening it so that it fits more snug to your wrist. The more you do that, and the more repetitive that kind of action is, the metal will bend and break. Christy Shimke of Crash Jewelry has an excellent YouTube video on how to measure and how to put on a cuff bracelet. So I'll include that in the in my my blog post. So I know that that was a lot of information and I really hope that it helped. Like I said, it was mostly about rings because those are the kind of jewelry items that get a lot of wear. And I think it was a good, um, good collection of tips to keep in mind when choosing stone selection, especially something that might be subjected to a lot of wear. And if it's softer than a seven, make sure that you are choosing it to be set in a pendant or earrings or that the wearer or recipient, or if it's yours, make sure that you're taking care and watching when you wear it. Jewelry, of course, is meant to be worn and enjoyed, but make smart choices and it will last a lifetime and beyond. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really enjoy sharing this information with you. And if you enjoyed it as well, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, you can find that application, which is basically a newsletter to keep you updated and you'll get notifications of when new podcasts come out. And I do have some exciting news to be sharing in the coming weeks. So make sure you subscribe. And you can find that application at jewelrynavigator.com. 
Come back and join us next week because I'll be sharing the story of an architect who designs buildings as well as jewelry. Talk to you next time. Until then, buckle those safety clasps. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.